0: This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia or online at ironmongerbrewing.com.
1: Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art... Science and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah,
2: what's wrong with the beer we
1: got? Now, here are your hosts,
0: Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking gluten-free beers with Holidayly Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt.
2: Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Karen Hertz, the chief brewista at Holidayly Brewing Company. We're going to talk about what goes into making a gluten-free beer, gluten-free, and how they differ from uh, gluten-removed beers. And of course, what sets Holla apart from the other gluten-free beers you may have already
0: tried out in the market. Karen, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. We just got into one of your beers. We've got a few to try today, but we are drinking Favorite, Favorite Blonde. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about this beer?
3: Yep, this was our flagship beer. We came out with a blonde ale. Um, A lot of people that are gluten-free either haven't ever had a beer or haven't had one in a while. So we wanted to come out with something that's real refreshing and drinkable and approachable. But it also has a good set of hops in there in order to just let people know we can make great craft beer that's gluten-free. And it's pretty complex for a blonde
0: because that's something we discussed a little bit before we went on the air here that there have been other gluten-free beers out there that are made with things like, like sorghum Sorghum. or or not grains. And they, they don't get that close to beer. You know, they may call them beer, but the the taste is quite a bit different.
3: Right. We really wanted to focus on making great craft beer that happens to be gluten-free versus Mm -hmm. seeing a niche that we can make some mediocre beer and try and sell it out there. So that was really the ultimate goal. And, we focus on the quality of, of it just tasting like craft beer.
2: And that is the goal of all craft beer is to be the best you possibly can be. Tastes like it good beer. It should be at yeah. least, right? It should be, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Brian, how was your week, sir?
2: It was pretty eventful. I uh, I, I ran around and did a lot of things this week. Uh, what One of the things I did do is the Orpheus Everything Lasts Forever release, and that's one of their spontaneous... Uh, Method traditional beers that they release, right, right. Uh, believe I got that right. So I drank some of that, and that's a delightful beer. I'm very excited about them doing that. I love their uh, th- their commitment to the the spontaneous and the barrel uh, fermentation and the wild ales. Also had some yester now and uh, rooted, which unexpected uh, one of my unexpected favorites. There drank a bunch of just big stouts, and I also had a uh, a perfect poor pilsner, a uh, choosers of the slain which uh, I really enjoyed. Pilsner has been a big thing the for slow, me this weekend. Pills. Yeah, the slow, poor Pilsner. Yes. Well, that's indeed. like
0: we were talking. They're coming out with non-adjunct stouts. We've seen a couple of those. Crazy. And Pilsners. Those are the hot things now. I I don't even know what's going on. What's, this is bizarre, bizarro there? world. Crazy. Karen, Brian was talking about the method traditionnel, the kind of goose and lambic styles. Is that something you've ever messed with on a gluten-free
3: side? Not too much. Yeah. Um... We do have a Pilsner on right now, but, um, we haven't gotten too crazy. We've, what's kind of cool about where we're at is in terms of gluten-free brewing, you know, people have been brewing with barley and wheat and all, you know, gluten containing ingredients for hundreds of years in the U S and we've been brewing with gluten-free ingredients for like eight. (laughs) So we really are on the front end of trying different styles, trying different ingredients. Um, Probably our most exotic beers we have on right now. We have this Mission Possible Pilsner that's on, and we have a Belgian Quad that we have on right now that's 12%.
2: Belgian Quad, gluten-free, madness. uh,
0: sounds like my thing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 12% Quad. Well, how about you, Tim? What did you get up to? You know, Uh, a lot happened this week. I think one of my favorites is we got to check out a new restaurant here in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. A new craft beer nerd place. And uh, here in Atlanta, there's an area called West End a development the lee and white development is kind of becoming a craft beer destination here and oh yeah we've Very got quickly monday night brewing opened their garage location there a little over a year ago and uh, hop city popular bottle shop here in atlanta just opened a place called Boxcar. so we got to go check that out restaurant wine bar beer bar bottle shop it's everything yeah. you need right there in one so we sure. went to check that out uh, really good time there. And, of course, you know, Craig the owns Hop City, he's been on the show a few times. He has. If Craig's behind it, it's going to be top-notch. He really puts his all into it. So I had a good time there. And I also, Brian, had some slow pour. Did you? Pilsners, <laughs> some perfect pours. That was interesting. And uh I I don't know if that's something that is an old style that we're just figuring out or if this is something new. And uh the guys from Good Word Brewing told me that the, the Czechs call it the perfect pour. So if the Czechs are doing it, I'm betting it's been done for a while right
2: yeah i think so and i think what i was told is the checks actually have a couple of different ways of pouring so they've got i think i'm not 100 sure about this i think that there's the perfect pour but then there's the slow pour which is a yet another level on top of that and i'm not completely uh sure that that's how that is but it seems like there's they have ways of doing it. Well, they did do check pilsner so they're going to have a lot of different ways of serving it they're going to focus on it a bit more because it's kind of their beer but uh Yeah, it's a, it's a fan. I really like it. I experimented the weight.
0: Yeah. And for anyone that's not familiar with a slow pour Pilsner, it takes about seven minutes to pour a glass and they pour it in multiple steps. They'll do it the first time. And it's about 25% beer, 75% foam. And then they tap that down to compact the head and then do it two or three more times to fill the glass up. So by the time you get it, you've got the beer, but the head on the beer is the consistency of a, like a thick latte foam or almost a meringue.
2: Meringue, yeah. And I can tell you it takes more time than that if you try it at home. I did and had reasonably good success, but it was closer to 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Pour it out of a can if you don't have that special tap. It's all about it height right. at that point. you
2: got to give it – you don't have the pressure, so you got to go with the height to agitate all the, uh, the CO2
0: out of it. I, I can just see you in there holding a beer uh, way above your head trying to – Oh, it, I it
2: was. I, I was flourishing. It was fantastic. Yeah.
0: Smalls, you're you're in the studio with us this week. I a am special treat. That's we've had you here a couple times lately.
3: I know you guys are gonna get spoiled. soon. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting spoiled. One of I, us. One, is, one of us. Right? Somebody is. Yeah.
0: What did you get into this week?
3: Uh, so I went to the Orpheus release as well. We, Brian and I missed each other like two two ships in the night. We
0: did.
2: Yep. So
3: awesome. I, I got to enjoy the yeah. The everything lasts forever, and of course I had a lot of my favorites still on tap, like Unreborn Again. What was it? Truth and Chaos or something like that. Sure i just i loved all those beers that he had at the, the fourth anniversary and then i went over to the monday night garage after that because i had that release on saturday so i picked up a ball of that and i still had come on taps so i had some of that and
0: and the monday night release was i think it's called vinology or yeah, syrah. Like, yeah, syrah, syrah, syrah yeah syrah yeah. grapes or was it a syrah barrel or they actually put syrah I grapes i think it was a syrah a grape. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know.
2: Okay. could be must could be a barrel
0: Either
3: way, it was a beautiful color for it. And I ended up buying a couple bottles and bringing it home for later. Yes.
0: For after Lent, right?
3: Yes. Yes. After Lent.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, Tim, time for the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Craft beer and food
0: trucks in downtown Woodstock.
1: TruckandTap.com.
0: Well, Brian, we're going to get into uh, several holidayly beers. We're going to get into these gluten free beers. We did a little pregame with a non gluten free beer, one from our friends at Sweetwater, the Peach Love and Happiness, which is a peach Berliner, tasty beer. Sure, nice, yeah. nice light tartness there. So we are currently drinking, as I mentioned, the Holidayly favorite blonde. We also have Fat Randy's IPA that we'll get into, and a Riva Stout. Sounds good. Let's do we're it. Good to go. So Brian, we're we chatter a little more this week, but uh, you got some craft beer news for us?
2: I do, and I have one specifically picked out for this show. What's
0: in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra,
4: extra, read all about it.
2: Time for headlines. Reportedly, Dutch researchers have been able to create wheat that's safe for people with celiac disease. Now, this is coming from bakeryandsnacks.com. I kind of like the website a lot already. They're doing this with the CRISPR-CAS9 slash gene editing technology. They basically destroy toxic antigens in gluten without removing the desired effects gluten has on baked goods but we're going to have to wait a while before we see, you know, celiac friendly actual wheat beer and uh, bread on shelves because they got to do a lot more work and there's a lot of regulations that they have to navigate, you know, considering they're in the EU. So that's kind of a an interesting bit of news for people out there with gluten sensitivity and adults. Yeah.
0: Yeah, be good. You know, and I want to get uh Karen, I'm not sure if we have time right now, but I want to get your thoughts on this news here when we come back. So Sure. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon.
4: We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the Reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery. Set beer free. Reformationbrewery.com
5: Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer.
1: the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr.
0: Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost.
1: Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio
2: Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you miss an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss
0: a show. We're talking gluten-free beer with Karen Hertz from Holla Daily Brewing. Karen, thank you again for joining us. We do appreciate it.
3: I'm excited to be here.
0: Excellent. So we wanted to get your opinion on that news story that Brian shared, talking about scientists saying they had make uh, made wheat gluten neutral, or how did they word it, Brian? They
2: had it, it eradicated the antigens in gluten that were actually causing people trouble, okay. but allowing some amount of whatever was good. I about the elasticity to, that yeah, you get to, from Yeah, to it. remain.
0: So they, it's yeah. made. And I did see in the article that they claim it applies for both celiacs and people with gluten sensitivity. Yes. So, uh, Karen, I know sometimes science makes claims that people that actually have the issues may disagree with. Have you seen or done any research with these, uh, you know, gluten neutralized grains?
3: Um, I've definitely read about it and looked into it. I think there's, you know, a couple of things to point out that you guys have mentioned already, but really there's a long way to go with these grains in terms of testing and, um, regulation and, and all of that. It's one of those things where it's from my perspective, it's kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. And, and I don't know how much you want to get into the gluten reduced conversation yet, but it's similar to that in that maybe it would be a grain or a possibility that might be an option for some people but most likely it won't be for every single celiac and there's such a range of sensitivity um, whether people have celiac or just are sensitive so it's hard it's really hard for someone to claim unless it's completely all gluten-free ingredients that it's gluten-free and that celiacs are safe it's just right i don't know how it got on a scale somehow (laughs) but it did yeah And really, either it's gluten free or it's not. And in the U.S., you can't label gluten reduced beer as gluten free, but in the U.K., you can. And so they have some different regulations than us. And and I think that's why maybe so far it's something that's being talked about in the U.K., but it's not even being discussed in the U.S. at this point. Our regulations are just much more strict, and the range of sensitivity makes me very hesitant to say, oh yeah, this is going to be it. This is going to be the fix. Well, I'll be eating weed again in a couple of years.
2: It's definitely going to take, it, it. definitely some time. They, I think they said in the article it was five to 10 years at least before they did it. And all of it was about like looking at a computer and saying, hey, these antigens are gone. These antigens have been known to cause issues with people. They haven't actually put this in anyone's mouth. And I, as far as I can tell, they haven't grown much more than maybe a little bit. There's not been any crops. has all just been lab based. Oh, it's stuff very, right very scientific. Yeah. Very lab based.
0: Yeah. You know, there's contradictory on both sides. Like Brian, you and I were talking about distilled spirits yes, and whether or not they were. So I Googled and the first link I found said something about the national gluten-free council. Something says, yes, it is. Yeah. And then immediately after that, I'm like, no, you know, depending on the grain, like bourbon or rye and all that, that, uh, there are people that even after it being distilled, it can still bother them. Gluten removed, I think, would be the the way to call that, right? Because
2: you're distilling it out, so you're kind of removing the gluten from the source material.
3: What's weird about spirits, I mean, it is gluten removed, is, you know, you're evaporating the liquid, and really scientifically, gluten cannot be evaporated. So, realistically, there should not be gluten in any distilled spirits. Now, if it's stored in a barrel that has a wheat gluten paste or there's something added after, then it can have gluten in it. But if you just distill and alcohol, the evaporation process, gluten does not rise in that process. So spirits should be gluten-free. What's really weird is that people are still having some reactions. So it's just the science of this gluten thing is not fully figured out yet.
0: Okay. And again, like you said, that could be any number of things sure. along the process that it's getting something is is getting in there other than just the pure distilled spirits. Well, Karen, speaking of holiday brewing and gluten-free brewing and beer, what brought you to start a gluten-free brewery?
3: Um, Really, it's a combination of different areas of my life. I've spent 10 years at Miller Coors. I live in Golden, Colorado. Our brewery's up here, too. So I was in the beer industry, did mostly distribution with them, and had an education. I have an MBA in entrepreneurial studies and... Not because I ever thought I'd be crazy enough to start a company, but I enjoyed studying it. Uh, And then I ran into some health issues. In 2007, I was diagnosed with melanoma. And in 2008, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. And treatment, in addition to surgeries and some radiation, um, was cutting out gluten. And I was at Coors, and I love beer. And um, beer is a huge part of the Colorado community. You guys talked to Weldworks. Sure, There's like yeah. 400 brews right. here now. Yeah. It's just a part of Colorado, and it sounds like based on everything you guys did in the last week, it's becoming a real big part of Atlanta, too. I started trying the gluten-free beer options out there and felt like the quality of the beer was not really beer. I am not a cider drinker, and I like to go to a lot of sporting events. So we have season Bronco tickets, and I go up to CU football games and the, you know, the Colorado Rockies. and. To me, those are occasions where I want to have a beer. I don't want to be the one drinking vodka soda or wine or whatever. I want to have a craft beer. So I really started this company on a somewhat selfish (laughs) mission to figure out how to make good craft beer. Started homebrewing and learning about ingredients and discovered that majority of gluten-free beers previous were made with sorghum syrup or rice syrup, and that was causing that quality issue in that it was making beer that I didn't really enjoy. So I found a company that is also in Colorado that malts only gluten-free grains, and she malts them and roasts them so that we can make any style of beer, any color. Um, And it was just luck that she's here in Colorado, and this company is called Grouse Malt House. So she, like I said, she malts primarily millet and buckwheat, which are both gluten-free grains from the beginning. Um, she does maize, she does quinoa, but we ultimately at this point are using millet and buckwheat in a combination of those two grains. When you're brewing, hops are gluten-free, water's gluten-free. We can pretty easily get gluten-free yeast. So that's a little bit of a challenge, but not really an obstacle. And the Grain piece of the beer was the big obstacle. So,
2: you're saying that there are some yeasts out there that have that involve gluten?
3: Yeah, they uh it, it they propagate off of it. So, huh, when yeah, so when you're um, we just have to be a little bit careful in terms of what it's packaged with is gluten free.
0: You know, we noticed we saw that grouse Mallhouse house when we were looking up, and they offer a good variety, different darkness levels, so you can really get a big variety of flavors and colors in that just like you could with a a regular craft beer craft malts correct
3: yeah she is a genius she she started her company about two years before hola daily we opened in 2016 and she opened in 2014 and she at that time she was in a brewer science uh class at up at colorado state and there was a woman in the class that couldn't drink the beer when they'd go to breweries so she was like well you know why are you drinking the beer i don't know why the woman was in the class but Uh, The woman said, I have celiac disease. And so Twyla, who owns Grouse, went home and Googled gluten-free malt. And this was in, you know, 2003 or 2000, or sorry, 2012 or 2013. And so she goes home, she Googles gluten-free malt. Nothing came up, (laughs) not one thing. So she started in her kitchen and now she's got this awesome company. And thank God she does, because it allows me to brew great
0: gluten-free beer. Yeah. It's good to see more options coming out there. You know, the same reasons that you gave for wanting a good gluten-free beer. We interviewed athletic brewing company yeah. a few weeks ago. They're a non-alcoholic brewer. And he said the same thing that he got to a point, you know, where alcohol didn't fit into every aspect of his life, but he still like to go to hang out with the gang or to go to a sporting event or something. You still want a beer and still want to have a beer with it there. So
3: totally. it la- can feel like such a outsider. <laughs> yes when you can't it's, yeah it's a bummer so it's great that we can offer it we have a tap room here people can bring their friends their friends don't feel like they're sacrificing for the gluten-free buddy it just it's good craft beer
0: excellent you're listening to beer guys radio show we do need to take a break but we'll be back to talk more gluten-free beer right after this
4: We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. Reformationbrewery.com
1: Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: You passed out cigarettes for a smoke-a-son on Earth
1: Day. You installed speed bumps on the handicapped ramp, And most recently, you dumped 100 pounds of meat on a peaceful vegan protest.
4: Oh, come on. That was way more than 100
2: pounds.
1: Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show.
2: I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, WRMN, 1410 AM in Elgin, Illinois. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WRMN every Saturday at noon central. And now back to more gluten-free talk with Lee Brewing.
0: Karen, we are sipping on a little Fat Randy's IPA here. And you have said that each of your beers and your beer labels have some good stories behind them. So what's the story behind Fat Randy's?
3: <laughs> Fat Randy is... My husband's best friend since kindergarten. He is not fat. Um, so I <laughs> okay. It's
2: going
3: be funny to name a beer, a gluten-free beer, Fat Randy's, after a guy that's not fat. We, we call him Fat Randy because um, in college, we were all going to road trip to a football game. Oh, and it was over Thanksgiving, and everyone was in. And at the last minute, Randy pulled out and went home and didn't go to the football game with us. And so we went to the game, and after I don't know how many beers... My husband proclaimed, Fat Randy went home to have Mama's Turkey instead of coming to the football (laughs) game. (laughs) Uh, To age myself a little, that was about 25 years ago, and it has stuck forever, so we still call him Fat Randy. And uh, (laughs) I thought it would be an awesome beer name, and I let him pick the style, and of course he picked IPA. So Fat Randy's IPA, it is. In terms of the design on there... For those that can't see it, it's a guy upside down in the snow with skis in the air. And you can YouTube Randy Wipeout Jackson Hole and get a good look at why the can is designed.
0: Okay, we we will definitely do that. You need
2: that thing where you hold your fa- your uh, phone up in front of the camera or the uh, aug- in front of the, yeah, the augmented, augmented reality, reality where you right. actually
0: plays that where he wipes out when you look at the can oh, uh, through idea. your phone. That would be yeah. that'd be amazing. Yes, that'd be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> that's you know your friends sound like my friends because uh, I can just picture Intoxicated and, and saying the fat Randy comment, I can see that happening. That oh, for sounds, sure, sounds it would like stick. Now, we talked briefly about uh, gluten free versus gluten reduced, and uh, a big difference there. But uh, why is it so important that people take note of the differences there?
3: Yeah, it it, it is really important, and I'll just tell you a little about the difference between the two. So, <clears throat> excuse me, in a gluten reduced beer, it's made with barley or wheat or. Any of the traditional grains that beers made with that have gluten in them. And then later in the process, an enzyme is added called either Brewers Clarex or Clarity Firm. What it does is it takes a gluten protein and chops it into teeny tiny pieces. But the gluten is actually still in the beer, it's just in a very, very small form. So some people seem to be able to digest that better than a full gluten protein. And Sometimes in our tap room, we get people that say, you know, I can have one or two and then I start not really feeling good. Or we have people that walk in and say, absolutely not. I can never even touch gluten-reduced beer. The FDA says you cannot label it as gluten-free. It has to be labeled as gluten-reduced, or you might see it as crafted to remove gluten um, or crafted to reduce gluten, but it can't be labeled as gluten-free. The biggest importance is that sensitive people still will get sick from it. In terms of gluten-free beer, and any beer that's labeled gluten-free, it has to be start from the very beginning with gluten-free ingredients. So everything going into the beer is gluten-free, meaning everything going out of the beer, everything you get is gluten-free. There is a little bit of a difference within the gluten-free category, and that is there are some gluten-free beers that are made on lines where traditional beer is made. So they'll run a traditional beer, they'll clean all the lines, and then they'll run their gluten-free beer. And I think of it similar to like crackers on the side of a cracker box that says like produced in a facility that has peanuts. There's kind of a there's a risk in terms of cross-contamination of the beer getting people sick. So, the difference between that kind of gluten-free beer and a Hala daily is that all we make is gluten-free beer. Gluten isn't allowed anywhere in our production. We only use gluten-free ingredients. We want to be sure the consumer is guaranteed that they will get a gluten-free product. And in terms of breweries in the U.S., you know, there's over 7,000 breweries in the U.S., 12 of us are dedicated gluten-free. Holla Daily is the only one in Colorado.
2: Okay. And you have a uh, gluten-free certification, right? So you have to uh, adhere to a higher standard than some of the other people who might do like a gluten-remove type of situation, right?
3: Yeah, You know, involved in a certification is everything from training to my staff, a certain amount of testing that we have to do, processes, procedures, cleaning procedures. It just, it is a huge and expensive certification. But what it does is it lets the customer know that we really care and we want them to know we're doing everything required of us to make sure the product's safe.
0: Now, Karen, you mentioned like contamination in a yeah. facility that cleans the lines and that I, I imagine that could be an issue like serving your beer at bars and such as well, correct?
3: You're exactly right. So really when we're thinking about gluten-free, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just, you know, you make it and you're good. But it for us, it's everything from the ingredients that go into it. So it starts really with like the grouse malting of the world through what we brew, how we package it. We bought all our own equipment, all brand new. Um, We don't use any like mobile canning or used equipment because we want to be sure our packaging process is just as safe as our brewing process. And then when we get it out into the market distribution wise, often we're out training the bar staff um, how to serve it, what's important, what's the difference between gluten-free and gluten-reduced so they can answer those questions. We don't put a ton of our beer on tap. Because of the concern of not only tap lines, but it can go as far as, you know, I order a fat Randy's IPA and my husband orders a fat tire. And by the time it hits the table, it's mixed.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: So even as a consumer, I almost prefer it in a can because if even if I want it in a glass, bring it to me with the can and pour it right in front of me. So I know I get what I ordered. So it's this whole spectrum that we really have to think through and be real careful with partner with the retail outlets on bars, restaurants, in terms of the accounts that we do have our beer on draft, usually either the bar manager or the owner or their wife or their husband have celiac and they really understand the importance and either they replace the lines or we go in and clean the lines for them. And then we have really a regimented routine in terms of line cleaning and dedicated line, meaning you can't kick something else and throw holiday on and and tap it. And then switch
2: back and forth. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So you can't do that. So the accounts that we do have either they're tied to celiac or something that I didn't expect to happen, but has been really great for us is we're in about 40 different craft breweries in Colorado. And the reason is they don't want to deal with these challenging grains and figuring it all out. They like our beer and they want to have a gluten-free option. And I know that breweries do a good job of taking care of their lines. So we have a big discussion about keeping it segregated, you know, keeping the line clean. And then they have a gluten-free option for their customers. And and it's not that they'll sell a million gluten-free beers, but what happens is if I go out with a group of 10 people, I get to pick where we go. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh <And> yeah
3: <laughs> so if they have a gluten-free option I will pick potentially their brewery and i you know I'll drink fat randy's Ipa and my friends will drink all of their beer so it's just a great way to promote hol daily because we have craft breweries talking about us but it's great for them to have an option so that gluten-free people and their friends can go and enjoy their beer too
2: you never really think about that but the person with the dietary restrictions really does make a big you know, sure. impact and where yeah. you go. Like, well, we got to go someplace because Karen needs to have her gluten-free beer, you know?
0: Yeah. Seafood allergies, something like that. You don't that wanna, too. Yeah. You yeah. know, don't go out to a seafood restaurant if there's an issue like that. And it's something that, You know, unfortunately, talking about the seafood allergies and that we we do see with celiac or gluten sensitivity, it's not taken as serious as a seafood allergy or something. That's true. You you see memes on the Internet and that where or the peanut allergy too, or peanut allergy. So it could be something could be more difficult. I could see someone not if you say, hey, you know, I have gluten, you know, gluten sensitivity or I have celiac, someone kind of blowing it off, not paying as much attention as they would if you had a seafood allergy. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back right after this. It's Brian and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is
2: why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck & Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck & Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck & Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. TruckandTap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you.
5: Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer.
1: Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr. Wabowski. Condolences. The bums lost. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio
2: Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Guys. Patrons can get some cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now back to our discussion with Karen Hertz from Holla Daily
0: Brewing. Karen, we are drinking your Riva Stout. And uh, I'll say this is my favorite so far. I'm a stout guy. I enjoy these. This is nice and roasty. Some chocolatey notes in it. This this is good. And we chatted a little bit. I think everybody's really enjoying this. Yeah. But this one has a very cool dog on the front, and that. So can you tell us a little about the beer and the story?
3: So Reva Ridge is a run at Bale in this on the ski hill, and it's um it's the run you would do at the end of the day. It goes from the top of the mountain to the bottom, and I felt like this is the beer you would drink. At the end of the day. So we named it Riva Stout after this run at Vail. The dog, my friend had a Bernice mountain dog puppy, and I was like, you need to name her Riva. So they did. But the real story is that the run at Vail was named after, um, in World War II, there was a group of soldiers called the 10th Mountain Division, and they trained on skis in the mountains of Colorado. And then they went over and won a battle in France on a mountain called Riva Ridge. One of the guys in that battle came back and was one of the founders of Vail and named the ski run River Ridge. So the dog is like very militant. So it's kind of a nod to some really cool Colorado history.
0: Layers. Layers layers to this. Layers like Onion Tim. Yes. Way
3: overthought, but it's it's good stuff.
0: That's cool. No, I love the stories behind that. I enjoy that. Absolutely. Well, Karen, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, kind of the brewing process from this. And one question I had is, is your process the same as it would be for traditional grain beers as far as brewing
3: goes? It's, it's very similar. These grains that we use, and a reason why a lot of people don't use them, is that they're very challenging. They're expensive, they're inefficient, and the physical size of the grain is significantly smaller than barley or wheat. So if you were to put this grain in a traditional brewing system like a mouse water ton, um, it might often would cause a stuck mash, or even the grain would just go right through the screen. So I worked to customize our mash tun to better work with these grains. So we just have a customized screen in there and our processes are a lot slower than a traditional brew. Once you're done with the Lauder, really it's the same. You boil it, it goes in the fermentation tanks and then the bright tank and then you're packaging it. So the steps are similar, we have just customized the process for this specific grain.
0: You just get a little stickier mash, so you have to slow it down a little bit, so you don't, so you don't get fully stuck, right?
3: Exactly. Yeah, and the okay. screen helps in terms of we just really focused on customizing it for the screen.
2: So we've had a, a wide variety of, of beers so far. We've had the IPA, the blonde, and now the stout. What's the most difficult style to reproduce using? gluten-free grains?
3: Well, that's a good question. I, You know, I think right now because everything from the grains being pretty new to us learning how to better utilize them, you know, it may be the blonde, honestly, because it, it's a, just consistency, right? You want clarity every time. You want consistent beer every time. And that's hard when you're starting out and you're a little craft brewery mm-hmm. and you Um, these are new grains and we're learning every day how to better brew with them. And I would say that one, and and you can't hide in the blonde, you can maybe hide some mistakes in some other ones, but the blonde is tough because it's light, it's refreshing. And if you make a mistake, it gets picked up real quick.
2: Was the blonde harder than a pilsner? You did a pilsner too recently, right?
3: We did do a pilsner. Um, you know, the trick with the pilsner was we hadn't done a lager before, um, so it was just figuring that piece out. The blonde, I say, is more challenging because we brew it all the time, and it's one of our flagships, and we distribute that beer the most. So I just put a lot of pressure on making that one real consistent.
2: Oh, you have to, definitely, definitely.
0: Now, with the gluten-free beers, Karen, is there any difference, like nutritionally, carb count, calorie counts in that compared to their, their barley born counterparts there?
3: Not a lot. You know, I think people like to maybe think in their mind that it's healthier or, or whatever. But really, it's, um, it's pretty similar in terms of all that. And at the end of the day, it is beer. So we can't tout any, you know, super low carb, super low health beer. Yeah. yeah. Low,
0: (laughs) Yes. And there's no corn syrup in this, right? (laughs) They yeah. there. <laughs> okay. All you right. didn't bring any with you from Miller Coors? <laughs> uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah.
3: I do think corn syrup's gluten-free, but we're not using it.
0: No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we brushed on this briefly earlier talking about the yeast, and I think you kind of said that there can be some things, carriers or that, in the yeast that may have gluten. So you do have to be careful with yeast selection as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's It's much less of a risk, but Um, it, yeast can feed off of gluten. It just depends on what, how it's propagated. And, and so we just have to be sure we work with our suppliers in terms of making sure that it's a a gluten-free yeast. And we test all the yeast that we put into our beer too, just to make sure.
2: So have you experimented at all with, uh, some other like alternative beverages? Because I think there, I mean, there are definitely other ones out there that are friendly to, uh, people with celiac disease, your, your kombuchas or, you know, your even sparkling seltzers and things like that. Any interest in doing that? Have you been doing that? Or,
3: you know, like I said before, this is really about the occasion of drinking beer, the occasions in my case, or maybe all of our cases, but um, beer is just tied to so many things socially. And I want to make a product that people can have at a tailgate party whether it's golf or opera Ski or mountain biking or whatever we do all around here in Colorado and everywhere, I want people to have beer. So that's really my focus.
0: There's a recurring theme here, Brian. Beer. (laughs) Beer. Beer. I want a beer. Give me a beer. I don't want a hard seltzer. I don't want a
2: cider. I don't want a kombucha. I want a beer. Imagine kicking back at the game, drinking a kombucha, you
0: know? (laughs) Right. You can't raise a glass of kombucha and cheer with your friends at a game you physically could do it it would just be
3: weird or like kombucha be. in one hand and catch a baseball in the other it just doesn't really it's <laughs> just not right
0: yes you need a beer don't you <laughs> so are, we talked some about the science here of cracking these grains and that are there any other developments coming along for gluten-free brewing or where do you see kind of the the next exciting step for gluten-free beers
3: Oh, I mean, like, you know, like I said, we've only really been brewing with this stuff for eight years. We're completely scratching the surface all around. There can be more ingredient options. One thing that um, we're doing at Holla Daily that I'm so excited about is we are building a new brewery. So we are growing pretty quickly and and need to have more capacity for more demand. And with the challenges of the grains, we have invested in a mash press for the new brewery. So really what the hope is, at least in terms of HALA Daily, is that we will get the most out of this grain that's possible. And while the screen has been great and it's helped us avoid stuck mashes, it's, you know, gravity controls what you get out of it. And with this new system, I'm hoping we can make some serious strides in terms of everything from efficiency to quality to consistency. And it's really exciting for us, And we're going to learn a lot. We'll be the first dedicated gluten-free brewery to play with this. So I'm excited.
2: So it sounds like a French press for grain, right? Is, is that what yeah, it, that is?
3: Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, the Cadillac of brewing. But what it does is rather than putting all the grain and water into a mash tun and just draining it out the bottom and letting gravity control it, you, it puts all the grain and water in between plates. And then it's, I think of it as like an accordion. It just squeezes all the plates together. So you really are wringing the grain out. You're getting as much sugar out of this grain as possible.
0: Is it a horizontal setup with the plates next to each other? It's yep. like Reformation's Brewery, Brian. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a mash. That's a a, a mash. Oh, yeah. Brew. I'd yes. forgotten about yeah. that. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. See? So it's, there we go. it's
3: an advanced way of brewing, and it's really going to open up some possibilities for us with these gluten-free grains.
0: And you said that's actually you're opening that fairly soon. April is your target. Is that right?
3: Good yeah, we, stuff. Just got our, um, we just got our permit yesterday in terms of the TTV. We were nervous with the shutdown, so I can breathe now. So that's yes. good. We can <laughs> Take a breath. The, the building's being built, so we're finishing up on construction and um, the equipment arrives in two weeks. So here we go.
2: All right. Yeah, here, here we go. Uh, yeah. So if people want to keep track of what you're up to, what your developments are, where can they go to do that?
3: Yeah, we, our website is com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And don't forget to go check out Randy Wipeout at Jackson Hole
0: yeah (laughs) we've got to do that absolutely karen thank you much we appreciate it
3: thank you for having me
0: absolutely that about wraps it up for this episode of the beer guys radio show coming up next week we're talking with three taverns craft beer they've got a second brewery coming up in the works brian a brand new brewmaster so we'll get the scoop on all of that for more craft beer info follow us online we are beer guys radio on facebook twitter and instagram thanks again for tuning in have a great week and don't forget to drink local cheers The
1: Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com
4: Dukes Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. (laughs) What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it tailgates get it and restaurants get it too by now even you probably get it so get it today made without any sugar since 1917 dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better get dukes it's got twang